We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Monday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Thank you for hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. This is your Wake Forest post-game show. A day late, you'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. A lot of fan feedback. A lot of the same fan feedback. And um, we'll do our best to get through some of the more thoughtful things. But, of course, we will talk about the overwhelming majority of thoughts that were based on the same topic. Uh, Syracuse hangs with a top 25 team. I haven't seen enough people mention that. Uh, I don't think it was even mentioned in any of our fan feedback. And uh, losing by three, 40-37 against the 6-0, now 6-0, Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And I thought they played a hell of a game. And in games when you're playing a team like Wake Forest at the top of the ACC, uh, number 19 in the country, the little things are going to be what we point to at the end of the day in a loss. So it was a lot of little things, or maybe just a few little things, and we'll talk about all of that. Uh, Sean Tucker named ACC running back of the week with his performance, 153 yards and two touchdowns, and uh, probably will not be the last for him. Congratulations to Sean Tucker. Joe was... Getting in a little bit later than expected last night. Honestly, Sundays, I have got to wind down. I cannot start this show at 8.30, 9 o'clock. And I'm sure Joe, you know, wanted to hang with the family a little bit. So we pushed it off to today. Uh, We'll be back on track. Hopefully, um, tomorrow I'll be back here for the Clemson preview, which was uh, another Friday night game. And we were going to squeeze that in today, but we decided that we'll just wait another day. Because with our luck, what will happen is... (laughs) <laughs> is something will drop and then we'll be uh then we'll either have to do like an emergency episode or um just miss it until the following week so anyways uh joe was going to go to the game joe weren't able to do that too busy before he left couldn't get a test there got to syracuse couldn't get one in time everything had to be scheduled so back to our point a few weeks ago impromptu mm-hmm. impromptu game appearances for Joe from from uh, now now uh, North Carolina, not that easy, and that was exactly nope. our point. And you got to dis- you got to experience that. So you had tickets and everything, and couldn't even go to the game. 
now, if you would have went on the socials, Joe, if you would have went on Twitter and asked, I'm sure maybe someone could steered you in the right direction, but maybe not. So I don't know. But I just didn't uh, have the time. You just didn't have the time. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. Because by the time I, when I left New York, uh, North Carolina, it wasn't within 72 hours. And when I got to New York, everything was closed when I got there because I got in late. And the next day I had a wedding um, that was kind of, a you know, had to go buy some stuff because all my stuff's in storage. You know, there was just a lot of things that because of my situation in life, had you, moving and everything. Had you not needed a negative COVID test to get into the dome, where are you going to go? Absolutely. I mean, I would have went. Right. And I believe you. And you were stoked about it, too, because we even talked off air about it. So anyways, that's just um, to a point that we had made right when the se- football season started. So and, well, it's and only it's, worse than basketball. Well, I was just thinking that, man, because um, in late January, they played Georgia Tech at home. I think it was Georgia Tech. Might have been Wake Forest, actually. Uh, But anyways, they play them late January at home. And uh, we try to make it there once a year for a football or basketball game. And obviously, with last year's, all the stuff that happened then, when the dome being closed, I haven't been to Syracuse in two years. So we were going to go this winter. And um, I'm just going to have to wait and see, I guess, what the protocols are. And like you said, it's probably going to get worse. Um, So I guess we'll go from there. But, all right, we digress. It's time to hear what Coach had to say after the game. I wanted to ask you about the two-point conversion at the end of regulation. Look, you sent the offense out and you got to delay a game. What happened? This thing is there wasn't a sense of urgency of us going out on the football field. There was certain cats that were taking their time, and we needed to speed that thing up. And, um, you know, it was disappointing. We... I, you know, I didn't want it to go to overtime, and, and uh, it was disappointing that, that uh, we got that penalty. You know, no. Normally, after a touchdown, I, I don't want to be officiate doing my official stuff because I with those guys. But uh, I want to say normally it's a 25 second clock. Okay, so they go to 25 seconds after a touchdown and. The first thing was we were going to go for two and, and getting the guys over here. And there's so many new – it's not the matter of just signaling it in the signaling it from the sidelines. There's so many new guys you want to tell them what's going on. Now they have to have a sense of urgency going back out there. We, we kind of lack that sense of urgency. The clock ran out on us. I think Garrett's been playing really well. I think he's been doing some things. And I, the one thing I don't want to do is compare people. It's really not fair. It's not – watch, it's not fair to Garrett. And it's not fair to Dungy. Now, that being said, I've still seen Dungy do some things I've never seen ever in my life in 35 years of coaching, so I'd be very careful comparing the cats with him. Along those lines, though, do you feel that this offense has made that switch and, uh, over to the style now that, that you're accustomed to playing with Garrett? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I think we still have the ability to do one or two types of things. I think Garrett's been doing a really, really nice job. Obviously, we're scoring points. And that's the main thing, okay? It's, it's all that other stuff. Have the ability to score points, and to score points in the 30s is big if you're going to have an opportunity to win some of the games that we've got to play going down the stretch. I don't know if it's a, more of a question about Garrett and Sean as it is about the offensive line. Those are the guys that are taking all the pounding. Those are the guys that are taking the baby collisions all the time, and those are the guys that are going down. 
you know, if, if those guys don't want the ball, we won't give them to them. We'll give it to somebody else. But uh, it seems like that thing's not very help, help, I mean heavy, and they seem like they enjoy carrying it. So until they tell us not to, we'll keep doing what we're doing. Coach, when electing to give Wake that third and 23 before halftime, and then they convert, and then they get the touchdown after the fact, walking into the locker room, how did that change your halftime speech to the guys, then knowing that it was only a one-score possession game? It's never a speech. It's, only, it's always a talking to. And, uh, you know, you can do the numbers. I was sitting there. The guy is the most accurate kicker in the history of Wake Forest. His longest kick is 47 yards. I know what his longest kick is. He was in the stadium booting it from 58 and drilling it in pregame warm-ups. If anybody watches pregame warm-ups. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. And I'm sitting there going, he's like 900%. And I'm like, this guy's not going to miss. Okay, so I had a choice of letting them get three or seeing if they can convert a third and 23 versus our defense. I don't know what the analytics are, but you guys can shoot the percentages and write a heck of an article. And then even with the third 23, we had a guy right there, but we didn't make the play. So I know this game's going to be a close game. It's always a close game. I didn't want to, was it surrender three points right before the half? Okay, because I knew it was going to come back to matter. And it did. You know, I, I would like to see us hit a couple of more balls. There were some deep balls where we didn't make some plays on. I'm sure I would like to see that stuff. But, uh, you know, scoring 30-something points and I don't know how many yards we got. I think we had our biggest offensive day. Um, I'm not too mad. I'm the only, there's only one thing I'm upset about. All right, the Coach Montage is brought to us by the Spotify Green Room app. Go there to your iOS or Android stores. Download the app. It's free, of course. And sign up today. 
username, password, and an email address gets you in to the Green Room Spotify app. You can follow us there. At Q's Militia, you can get in the green room. You can talk, chat amongst uh, yourself or others uh, with us if we can. Or you can request to speak. You can get on for fan feedback. So we try to go live for fan feedback um, most episodes, if I remember. But um, you don't have to just listen to us. You can go ahead and follow other people, other sports, other teams. A range of topics from politics to sports to pop culture to music to movies, all of that. So... uh, and you can start your own thing. That's what's cool about it. You don't have to be anybody big or anything. You don't have to have your own podcast. You can create your own podcast essentially right there and have people listen to you. So uh, Spotify Green Room app, go to iOS or Android stores, download it today. All right, Joe. So we're going to couple, I'm going to couple these two things in with, by the way, by the way, Syracuse is a communication school, right? I mean, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I believe so. Yeah, that's part of one of their. Yeah, that's a know, big one, right? Yeah, big, big, big majors. Yeah, 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 it's kind of big. You know, Mike Tirico among among one of those. I, I, we can go no, on. No, I'm one not, of many. Yeah, you know. I know. Uh, right. So, uh, you, you know, can they get the uh, the audio in the post game press conferences fixed? I mean, it is insanely stupid. How bad it is. I listen. I listen mm. to, to other. I listen to other schools press conferences. And some are bad, but some of them are way better. So, anyways, um, I just want everybody to know that wasn't us. That was the recording. All right, so let's couple these two things in um, together, and we'll go over some of the fan feedback from it. I think it'll be just glorious, so much fun. No, I'm sure. The two-point conversion, okay. Coach says no sense of urgency. Uh, he didn't want to go into overtime. I thought that it was a, a gutsy call. My wife actually le- left. the. Uh, we were we were outside watching this thing, and she went inside. She couldn't handle the pressure. So uh, mm. she was so nervous about it. But uh, it obviously never happened because of the penalty. And Coach said, you know, there was no sense of urgency. Garrett Trader in the, his post-game press conference after the game, he pretty much took, in so many words, took responsibility for that. And he uh, took responsibility for a lot of stuff, which is what a good captain yeah. slash quarterback does. Right. So, uh, but he did take responsibility for that. And, um, you know, it's a, mi- it's a mix, right? It's a mix between the players and, and the coaches and getting these guys back up to line and knowing what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that said, Joe, but also, but, but <laughs> with that said, um, I think it was a good call. It would have been, you see this a lot, especially in college. Well, you see it a lot everywhere when you know, look, we are in the driver's seat and we control our destiny rather than hand this ball back over. If, right. if we don't have to, you know, if there's always a play for that when you are in that situation. And um, obviously they had the play and he was even asked what play it was. Like he's going to tell whoever right. asked that. Um, you know, they'll learn one day, I feel like. <laughs> no, they won't. No, they won't. Uh, so anyways, Joe, uh, as far as the two-point conversion goes, um, yeah. what do you think? You know? Um, so a <clears throat> couple of things. Obviously, uh, when you score like that, you have a situation where, I mean, there was a lot of celebration and there's guys fired up, obviously. Um, but then also, too, like when I normally watch other games, like and I think this is something that Dino maybe didn't want to talk about because but like I don't know how many times I've seen like a delay game. Like usually when it's like they 
go on the side and ask quick. if you want to go for one, if you want to go for two, right? Yeah. It, seemed yeah, it seemed very, very it, quick. It right? did seem so quick. There's a lot of things that went on there. And even I, mean, I was watching the game with your brother, and I even told him, I said, you know, I don't want to go into overtime because I felt like um, Wake Forest offense kind of had the momentum uh, and I didn't want them to be out on the field. They didn't want to, to be in that situation. And then, like you said, to go down and score and get that momentum, it's like, okay, we got one play. Let's 96 yards. Right. It was very impressive, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't see it coming. No way. It, it happened. And, you know, that's why we had the celebration we had, and that's why I was like, okay, we got these, these the defense on the heels. I even told your brother, I do not want to – if we score, we have to, to go for two. And um, – you know, like to to your point, we had to take that um, that offensive momentum that we had from that drive. Uh, you know that the defense is tired, and you got to just use that one last play to just get those three yards, so that you don't have to see overtime. And um, obviously, it didn't happen, and there was there was many reasons why. Uh, but again, too, it's a situation where. I mean, we can talk about it once again. I'm sure fan feedback is going to be talking about it. So I'll get into my point when it comes to that. Right. But at the end of the day, um, I'll just leave it um, in short right now is that um, it's, it's easy to, to, to whine about that um, in hindsight. The second one, and these are out of order from the montage, but I want to put them together so we can, these are the glaring issues of the game. These are the most social media criticized issues of the game. Given Wake, the second shot at third down, a coach said Wake's kicker was hitting from 58 in pregame warmups. I mean, honestly, I think that's a, I guess you take a little of that into consideration, but who cares? You still got to do it. I would have done it's, the same thing. It's fit, you you would have done the same thing? You would have taken I that penalty? Made the same call. Yep, I mean, absolutely. So, so here's where I am. I'm not a coach, but I feel like I would let him kick the field goal. But when he did take the penalty and he was being criticized, I'm like, well, look, I mean, this could turn out to be genius, right? We talk about this every week. He's just not getting these things to to fall his way. And mm-hmm. it's a ballsy call. It's gutsy. I like it. I wasn't expecting it, and I like it. And I'm like, well, hell, you know, anything can happen here, right? So they got 23 mm-hmm. yards. Where they, so they're, they're either going to try for three or they're going to try for three. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Unfortunately, they got the first down. But... Um, you know, no, and they went down to, and scored a to, touchdown to, too. Right. Well, right. And we're gonna I'll get to that. But to say that, you know, he's hitting them from 58 pregame warm-ups, that, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me. You still got to do it in an in-game atmosphere with the defense and all of the other all of the other things that surround a kicker in that moment rather than just pregame warm-ups. That's that's a that's a not an excuse I liked. Um after that touchdown, we ended up scoring a touchdown. Okay. Fair enough, Joe. The pregame warm-up that's, thing, I think it's dumb. That's, that's, uh, I mean, that's all you got to go off of. But, I mean, there's right. obviously a pressure factor as well. So, well, I mean, of there's course. a couple of different things to look into. But at the end of the day, if he's hitting it from there, then I can understand. I mean, he's obviously showing him that he can do it. Totally, totally different situation, though. But, uh, uh, yeah, he, but that was a, that was the, the that touchdown was a defining moment for this game in the momentum swing. Because Syracuse had, they were up 21 to 10 at one point. In the first half, this touchdown happens right before the half. You just feel the dome, just the air go out of the damn thing. Um, quieted the crowd pretty good. You know, it's just it's such a, a buzzkill to have that happen. So to so in hi- obviously in hindsight, and all these things are looked at in hindsight, which is why we mm-hmm. do this, right? So 
<laughs> so we can act like we're so much smarter than A coach well, or B coach. Do with that. No, I'm, I'm just saying it's perspective, crazy. but but we don't get to comment until the game's over, right? So in hindsight, True. so in hindsight, it seemed like a terrible idea. You either make them kick a field goal, you get to three points. I mean, that's not that big of a swing. You know, you got to figure like three points. Okay, well, you know, so. Um, you know, what, what, what more could you add to that, Joe? Well, I just, I mean, so to his point, um, Dino's point in the presser, I mean, Stefan Thompson was right there. Stefan Thompson was right there and he just didn't see the guy coming from the left. And, um, there was somebody that was right there to make the play. And again, like I said, I mean, and to your point, we make that play, we win the game. So. And we don't lose the momentum because coaches coaches can only call the plays they can't go out there and make the plays for the players the guy was there he was in position didn't see the guy the guy snuck in front of him there's not too many plays out there that are available to no, call when it's third and 23 no you're right you think they'd be able to stop that and which is why when it was third and 23 and he accepted the penalty and the broadcast was like why is it don't you know of course they get all riled up after they get the first down but right. i didn't think it was a bad idea i didn't I, did, I was on the fence. I was like, uh, you know, you know, whatever, whatever. I didn't think it was. I, it was the last thing we needed was a touchdown. That's that is true. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's a first half call in which I don't think it's it's not going to be the outcome of the game. It's not going to be the outcome of the game one way or another. I mean, obviously, you look at it. Oh, yeah, the seven points. OK, of course. But it didn't stop us from putting ourselves in position to win the game. A little early fan feedback, shall we? Uh, Dan on Facebook, Baber's got to go. Mike, Facebook, Dino needs to go. Jamie, Facebook, the whole coaching staff, fire them all. I feel bad for the players. Disgusting, disgusting. At Dan Garcetta, Dino must go, uh, but first wild hack. <laughs> At Yankee Pappy, played with missed opportunities, missed field goals, decision to go for two and missing. Uh, At, let's just say Mr. W, um, F. Dino. Uh, At D... Dekeim seventy seven. Give give the ball to Tucker. Okay, fair enough. Uh, clock man um, at Tyndall under slash Dave. Clock management also they came a long way. They need to do better in the passing game. But you've got Dino makes terrible decisions. Um, quickly, I just want to give you. This is why we don't have a ton of fan feedback. No, I mean I get it. it. It's all on Dino. Do moral victory at. Uh, T. Staffieri, do moral victories go on Dino's record? Dino has to go. Should have gone for the extra point. Uh, Fire Dino. These are all different. Dino blew this game. So many coaching errors. Highly frustrating. Fire Babers. Um, At, and I'm not mentioning everybody's name because honestly, we just, I'm just kind of giving you a taste. At Sean John 1998, I got one foot in the door of the Fire Dino Club. Sterling Gilbert needs to go now, though. Uh, so Joe, to your point, and there's a lot of that. So in a game where Syracuse actually played good, a couple minor hiccups, obviously, like we, like I said in the beginning, the little things are what are going to cost us. Right. But are we, are we calling for Dino's head again? I mean, I I don't know where the line is with. You keep moving the goalposts. That's what it is. Well, I guess I keep moving the goalposts, right? I mean, I, I think, I'm not saying no. I, well, yeah, I wasn't saying specifically you, but some of these fans, it seems like. Well, no, they're I they're mean, moving them in, and I feel like sometimes I'm pushing them out, and I'm not a Dino Babers apologist or anything, but 
Um, some of his decisions are questionable, but some of his decisions, like you said, he can call the calls and or call, make the calls and they throw the plays out there. But at the end of the day, someone's got to execute these things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really what my, my point was you know, last year and the year before they couldn't recruit, right? Did they you couldn't recruit at an ACC level? They couldn't do any of this stuff. So of course, you know, it was their fault. Now that we're competing now it's, Oh, well they can't play call. They can't do this. They can't do that. Right. So. Did you listen it's, to the open of his press conference today? It's supposed to be a no, press conference for Clemson. I haven't listened but, to it yet. Okay, nope. all right. Well, there's not a whole lot there except for in the beginning, and it's the typical stuff. Reliving Wake yeah. Forest mm-hmm. in like one question, two questions about Clemson. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so he starts off by saying, you know, before we ask any questions, you know, about about the decision making. I fully trust my players. I have full confidence in them. And here's where we're at. To his point, we are at a place where, like you just said, we are competing with the top 25 team in the country, and we are putting up points like we haven't done since Dungy has been here, Mm -hmm. and we have got a shot. You have got to have some nuts and, and some skin in the game when you do these things. If you want to come out with a big win, you got to take big chances. Unfortunately... We haven't got there. That does not mean it's bad coaching. It means right. that we have work to do. And as far as we have come to the, just this year to this point, I think is enough for me in the co- to have enough confidence in the coaching staff and these players to believe that at some point they are going to figure this out and these calls will not be as controversial or as highly criticized because <coughs> they'll start converting some of these things. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, from the day that Liberty, that uh, Garrett Schrader started at Liberty till today, uh, we played against good teams. You know, people said, "Oh, Wake Forest or, or Florida State, we shouldn't have lost to them." Well, they just went out and beat North Carolina. Um, people probably have their own opinions on how good North Carolina is, but I do. You know, that's besides the point. The point is, you know, you had the the fan there that said, "You, know, you got to get rid of Sterling Gilbert." Like what? To you, what you said. <laughs> I mean, we we figured it out. We yeah. had 514 yards of offense. By the way, point. 514 yards of offense to Wake Forest is 426. Yeah, right. And we held the ball. Thir- we had a time of possession, 33, almost 34 minutes to the 26 minutes that they had. So we did on offense everything that we should have done. On top of that, we had Aaron Service and Chris Blights who were hurt, had to go to Kalen Ellis and had to go to Josh Aloa, two, I believe, true freshmen, freshmen yeah. who were. Josh definitely is a true freshman. And they went out there and they did very, very well for that type of situation to get thrown in there. On top of the fact that you have, you know, balls that uh, Garrett Schrader are thrown and hitting our receivers in the head, in the helmets. And if it hits you I in mean, the helmet, I, Joe, I, what's the rule? We've talked a lot you know, about. I mean, look, <laughs> if it hits you in your hands, you're definitely supposed to catch it. But if it hits you in your helmet, I don't really know. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like I said, we got some stuff to do in the receiver room. Oh, yeah. But I don't think offensively, I don't think that you could ask for um, a really a better showing other than, you know, like I said, some receiver issues and um, miscommunication between, you know, the quarterback and him, which, again, this is also still his third full start with these guys. Right. Right. Um, and losing Taj, you know, him saying that he was leaving. Uh, and then the really bad fumble for Cooper. I mean, to me, Cooper that fumble for Cooper. Lewis, that was I'm terrible. Sorry, but I, I thought know, that was ball game. And all of everything that was ball. I thought it was too. Yeah. And 
Um, it ended up not being three and at out. The end of the day, D- defense stepped up big time. Talk about stepping up. They stepped up there. It was a three and out after that whole thing. Well, yeah, but when it comes down to the defense, like I said, no one's even talking about the defense. I think that, that, that if anything, I mean, we did what we had to do because of Wake Forest weird offensive attack, right? How they just hold it there and they just yeah, don't it's know if it's going to be a run or a pass yeah. forever, right? So yeah. we had to bring some people. And if anything, I mean, it showed us that when we're forced to go man-to-man and, and, and then the deep side or the back end with no safety help, then we are um, we have a little bit of, of problems. You saw Deuce Chestnut get beat for a touchdown. You saw Garrett Williams get the, beat for a touchdown. Guess, you saw Jason Jason Simmons get, get beat for a touchdown. I mean, really, when you look at it, um, we had to do that. And I, I believe there was three – I think they had three receptions that were over 40 yards. One would you carry uh, Roberson, even though he didn't score, but he ended up with nine catches for 135 yards. And A.T. Perry, he had two touchdowns. One for 69. Yeah, and he had two. One for 69, one for 46, and then he had the one at the end to walk it off. So, I mean, if you ask me, uh, really what it did was um, we played a good team into what we talked about last week. And I said, I I, I want a team that's going to compete and is going to have a chance to win every week. And we did against this team, like you said, undefeated, top 25 team. And if anything, really what it showed me was that, um, you know, we need a little bit of work with some of the younger guys in the back end as far as secondary because, I mean, again, they have good receivers, big receivers. They got a good quarterback, but um, they kind of, you know, showed a little bit of a weakness there. And then obviously our receivers need to step up. Um, but with all, with all that said, I mean, we played a great game. And um, those are the weaknesses. And I really can't bring it down to coaching because, like I said, they can only I mean, you can lead a horse to water. Right. Mm-hmm. So now that we know our weaknesses, hopefully we take that and we, and we get better. Uh, and another thing to really throw on there, too, is, is that you have to understand this team has got like what 11, we talked about 11, 12 super seniors. This team is deep. This team old. is old. And, I mean, we had true freshmen. We had 18, 19, 20-year-olds out there going against their 22, 23, 24-year-olds. And a guy who's still pretty probably still learning this offense at the end of the day. I mean, Garrett Trader doesn't have the thing mastered yet. Right. And did a phenomenal job. Let's let's go here. Uh, Garrett's play doesn't want to compare him to Dungy. Well, too bad. Because that whole shtick against Wake Forest was very Dungy-esque. And we've said it before, but that was some amazing stuff. Dude's playing, and the dude's playing in some pain. I mean, obviously, he played through some pain. There was a couple there was a couple hits where you know he felt it. Just, just putting himself out there. 29 carries for 178 yards. Just, I mean, mm. my See, I just don't goodness. remember Dungey doing that, though. That, that I mean, Dungey's done some ridiculous stuff. I don't remember not, him carrying the ball that much, no, right? No, no. Okay. No. Yeah. But he could maybe... Well, look, Dungey came he's into his... He's as tough as Dungey. Yes, he that. is. Because I saw Dungey get knocked out a couple times. And... I don't remember Dungey's height and weight, but 6'4", 230 for Garrett Schrader. That's a big boy, and he's going to be able to dish out the pain as much as he can take it in certain situations. And... Um, Dungey was pretty big his senior year when he, he got was to his big. Year. He was big, but you know what else Dungey had to work on too? Another another similarity between Schrader and Dungey was that Dungey's throwing skills were not honed in until his senior year, and I don't even know if they were totally honed in then. But obviously, he progressively got better, and we criticized right. we criticized his arm, we criticized his. Uh, he had better receivers too. Yeah, absolutely. And we criticized his arm, we criticized his long ball, and we criticized you know some of 
some of the just in the dirt passes. You know, Dungey did that stuff, guys. It's not that far removed yeah. from 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 going back and thinking about those mistakes that Dungey used to make all the time. Um, the difference in yards per play was that that was the difference. I think. In the passing game, obviously, we just couldn't com- complete the long ones. Ten point three yards per play for Hartman, five point nine for Schrader. Uh, longs of sixty nine and forty two, like you were talking about, Joe, for Hartman, twenty nine and twenty eight for Schrader. And at the end of the day, um, I think, yeah, Schrader was fifty five point five percent completion rate to Hartman's fifty nine point five, and their and their QBRs pretty pretty close too, and so. I guess my point is, is that they obviously got a well-oiled machine, and they exposed a little bit of our of our um, DBs, and they just obviously executed better. We talked about execution coming into this game, and you're going to have yeah. to be almost perfect. Oh yeah, man. There was a couple times right there where we were there, but we weren't. We were trying to catch up. You know, like I looked at it, like Deuce Chestnut. I mean, At Perry. <laughs> he was beat. Are you talking about the last play of the game? Yeah, I yeah. mean he was beat, but you're talking about a six-five, two hundred pound, you know, receiver in which, uh, you know, he was beat. And Deuce is, is, is a true freshman. I mean, obviously, I know that um, At Perry is a sophomore. I don't know if he's redshirt or not, but either way, um, that's just again another learning experience for him. You know, we saw Deuce Chestnut get beat with an out and up um, the other week, and you know, you hope that he learns from that and sees the tape. And again, here, this is just another situation where at some point. Where you're in, like the receiver, he didn't have that much room left in, you know. Like, I don't know if, if Deuce just decided he was just going to go after the arms or what it was, but at some point, uh, that receiver's running out of real estate, which means the ball's coming. And, you know, they want to talk about it was a great catch. And everything. that's, yeah, that was fine. It was a great catch. It wasn't the greatest throw. If Deuce Chestnut turned around and found that ball, that's an easy interception or at least an easy knockdown. So, um, again, you know, they just they got these perfect matchups in certain situations in which, uh, <clears throat> you know, the coin flip went their way. And I think that's a lot of what happens with Babers and some of his uh, decisions as well. You know, you talk about the two point conversion. That's all in hindsight. Yeah, oh, well, you should, oh, all the criticisms are he did, he did this. He did that. Right. So, OK, so if he does that. Right, and we go for two, and he doesn't get it. We lose the game. We don't even go into overtime. Right. Then what are the fans saying? Well, Sean? they're gonna say, "Well, why would we go for two? Why didn't we just yeah, kick, the, kick that extra point and go into overtime?" PAT going <laughs> overtime, right? Yeah. Right. So, it's a it's a no win situation, and let well, I'm sorry, it's a it's a 33 percent win situation. You gotta basically make the two point conversion to to make everybody happy. I think it's a ballsy call just to be. Or you with. go into overtime and you win. You go into overtime, you win. They're not even right. talking. They might be talking. Well, it's a little sloppy, but they wouldn't be talking about fire Dino and F Dino and all this other stuff. Like at the end of the day, he can't wrangle up a whole eleven people that are down in the damn. By the way, how close zone. was Chestnut to? You know, he never turned around. And he, he was never beat. turned around, but the arm. It was close, right? Uh, yeah, I know. And and I heard I heard you, you brought it to my attention, but I saw it in fi- in our fan feedback where they said that we got screwed by the refs in the last play of the game. Guys, he caught the ball. I don't yeah, even know yeah, how this is controversial. I, I that's put, a catch in the NFL. Uh, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And I I put out thoughts on the game while they were still reviewing it. I saw one replay and I'm like, oh yeah, it's game over. I mean, he caught the ball. Yep. I didn't think that was controversial at all. So I mean, I, I was know hoping what, that there was a wing or a prayer that somehow he was going to say something, but I knew in my head, I'm like, yeah, I wanted him to make a, a mistake. Yeah. Maybe he would have said that. If you would overturned that, I'd have been like, oh, that's a bad call, but I'll take it. Kind of like the hold against Florida State, you know? 
No. Yeah, kind of. Well, for Florida State fans. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. Go to the socials. I will post for your thoughts. I beg for them. You give them to us, and we talk about them here. Uh, like I said, there's not a whole lot of original thought in here, but I did find a couple good ones. I'm going to start with one that I thought was kind of cool, and I didn't realize who this was until um, I checked You read it? it? N- n- no. Uh, at, at Pretty Flower. This is Cody Roscoe's mom. The kids played their hearts out. Uh, nobody can talk to me about our defense because even when they're beat down and beat up, they still come through with playmakers and game changers. The Schrader and Tucker uh, recipe was working uh, was working fine to me, so why change up on racking up points? Well, uh, to Coach's point, too, to finish up the montage, and I didn't even mean to put this in there, but we should talk about it. And he was talking about you know giving them the ball if they want to carry it. I mean, obviously, this thing is working, Joe. And obviously, it is something that is not very easy to prepare for, no matter if, because you know you're going to get it, right? You know it's coming, but it is not easy to prepare for. It's just like kind of what Wake was doing. They do it a little bit differently, like you you pointed out, with the holding that ball mm-hmm. there for however freaking it's long they so can do it. It's so unique, and yeah. it's so like, ugh. But, but you remember when that's all it was, was the RPO, and, and um, they didn't have the pass game, you know? So, um, but, yeah, I mean, these guys are studs. I don't want to wear them out. By the way, was something interesting that I noticed – in um, the overall stats for the year, did you realize? Um, let me see where it is. It yeah. Uh, did you realize that rushing is led by Sean Tucker with 791 yards? Obviously, second is Schrader with 412. You know who third place in rushing is? Devito. Devito with 90 yards, guys. We got to get some other people the <laughs> ball, man. Like I get it, but you got big Chris Elmore back there. You don't want to wear Tucker out. You know, I do. I would be lying to you if I didn't say I was worried about Schrader and Tucker getting wore out. But like Coach said, to his point, it, they enjoy carrying it. I'm going to keep giving them the ball. They're not the ones taking all the all the all the mini shots all the time, but they are. You know, he's talking about no, his offensive line. That's the, but that's the thing, though. The thing is with that is, is that like you always have the fans and people on the outside being like, well, we gotta we gotta get more people in there. We gotta we don't want them to get hurt. But if you ask the players, oh, they want they it. probably they probably want more carries. Yeah, I know. So at the end of the day, like <laughs> you you gotta play what's so, working. What? And we talked about it. And then I was worried about this to see against Wake Forest, like if it would work, and it did. And again, I think that we surprised Wake Forest. I think we probably surprised some fans. I know we surprised uh, neutral fans that you know, aren't Syracuse fans, aren't Wake Forest fans, but saw the score and they're like, oh, you know, like. Don't, don't, does it bother you at all that Cooper Lutz and Abdul Adams both have 12 carries, both have 54 yards? That doesn't bother you a little bit? You don't care? No, absolutely Okay, I I mean, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it bothers me, but I mean, it's, it's. If you're not getting the same results, then why would you do it? I understand, but they've only touched the ball four times. They've got, they've, each of them have carried the ball 12 times for 4.5 yards of carry. I mean, I mean, not to. I like Cooper Lutz, but look what happened when we gave him the ball well, last. Obviously, that's I'm a problem. Saying, I'm not but... trying to be a, you know, but I'm just <laughs> that's saying. Obviously, that a problem. Sometimes, 
sometimes you got to look that at was it from a the catch outside, if i'm not mistaken say, hey, wasn't it? Uh, there's there's reasons why these players are getting this many carries sometimes right and you just kind of got to be able to look at that was a catch that, by, um, that was a that was a pass i believe so not that it matters that much. No, nah, I don't know if it was a pass. I think it was a reverse or something like that or some type of like uh, jet, jet sweep or something like okay, that. Okay, you might be right. Um, but yeah, to, to, um, to uh, Cody Roscoe's mom's point, they played very, very, very hard. Uh, again, it's very that's a tough team, especially the way that they play. You got to be, especially on defense. So I was worried about them getting wore out too. I mean, it was yeah, tough. I think they were a little yeah. bit because again, those that that front is is stout, and the way they play that, you have to be just very disciplined. You can't. What they're waiting for you to do is just over pursue, right? They're they're waiting for you to leave your leave your assignment, leave your lane assignment, to leave this hole wide open as you wait for two or three seconds before you hand it off or decide that you want to pull it and throw. And so you have to be very very disciplined, and that's like I said, where you see as far as the secondary goes when we didn't have a safety up top. And it was just man to man. There were certain times where you know they just got beat and they got caught up just trying to catch up. Oh, and, those receivers had you know, so much time to. They have so much right. time to get open to improvise even. Well, and that's the thing is when it comes to this team and that offense and the way that they play like that. When it comes to corners and when it comes to your responsibilities, like if you're man to man on a guy, like you you pretty much just throw, you know run help out the window until you 100% know it's a run because you really don't until like sometimes two, three, four seconds, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, I hate playing Wake Forest. I hate playing against that. And I think that's one of those just unique offenses that, again, you know, I don't think Wake Forest recruits, you know, is, is great as some of the top ACC and some of the top other big five conferences. So it's just a little um, a little twist in their offense to force teams to be disciplined. And if you're not disciplined, you might be more talented. You might have a higher ranking, but we will be able to beat you with the system. And um, the last couple of years they have, they've started to master it. Uh, real quick, too, to kind of finish up the montage, I'm kind of trying to blend the two because we went a little long on it. Uh, best offensive showing so far this year for Syracuse, obviously, I think it goes without saying, hands down. And um, to our points, I think both of us mentioned it in the last show about just wanting to see improvement on this offense and kind of open up the playbook a little bit more and a little bit more. Obviously, Schrader has got a little bit of work to do. But uh, Zach, on Facebook, I don't understand why we always play scared to lose rather than trying to take the win. Such odd coaching decisions. I'm happy I'm happy we are competitive, but these last two games have been hard to handle. The uh, Hard to handle the gut punch. We are so close. Honestly, would have been easier to handle... Uh, if we just got blown out, I'm with him. So on some, sometimes I feel the same way. It's easier to to handle if you just get blown out. And I know you're no. not, Joe. I know you're not. But it's mostly with me with basketball. Football is different because it's so frustrating. But basketball, it is so tough. I mean, this is totally irrelevant. But it's so tough to watch a basketball game come down to the last second and to- and lose. That sucks. Uh, I'm not trying to be so negative to Dino so quickly after a loss, but his decision making. Um, making and clock manage decision making and clock management was just awful. So, um, look, it's two tough losses. The two games that we, you know, there's three. Um, I think that goes without saying. Um, to let's see, to uh, L. Michelle XO's point, um, this is like what third game we should have won the season. Um, yeah. You could look back at it and say, you know what, we we could be six and zero right now, right? 
But guess what? We're not. So unfortunately, you deal with the hand that you're dealt, and we're three and three, and that's not terrible. No. But this is a gauntlet. We talked about after Liberty what this this first these first the whole ACC slate actually is yeah. is not great for Syracuse. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right? No, and so. I mean they marked us what? I mean Vegas and then marked us at three wins, right? Yeah. And we came in with thinking a lot of people thinking DeVito was gonna lead the team. You know, Tosh Harris was gonna be here, and you know, we went to quarterback competition. We changed it up. He's only been there for three games. And um I mean, we've been in pretty much every single game. We've been competitive, like I talked about last week. Uh, and I would rather be competitive and lose close than get killed any day of the week because I just think getting killed, I don't care about how easy it is for a fan. It makes you – the perception is you aren't good. Right. So yeah. I would rather lose by one point every single loss than to get blown out. Um, I understand so what you're saying. That's pretty much where I'm at. And, and again, this team is you got a new quarterback. You got young players it's the, after a COVID year where you got some of these teams that, I mean, think about what, they, what Wake Forest did to us last year and they weren't ranked 19th. So then to come in with a completely different identity and trying to fix it, I mean, because again, like you said, this isn't the same playbook we're running with DeVito. This is a different identity, a different no, playbook, totally different, different. different looks, and everything it, like that. Yeah. And for them to be this close, all these, these little things, they're just growing. They're growing pains. These are growing pains in which you are going to – it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because you're right there, right? You're right there, and it's going to hurt, and you build one mistake here, one mistake there, and one step here, one inch there, one yard there, and they're going to learn from it, and you never really know – what is gonna gonna happen because when they actually learn from it and they actually implement that then this team could be scary oh it's yeah like i said i think all it's all the little all the little things and then implement that stuff because again we lost three games the year that dungy was there and we went 10 and 3 and there was some good and there's some bad and then they figured it out and they started tearing some stuff up yeah, and, and and we talked about it. I think a lot of people agree that the we're not done seeing the evolution of this offense. And obviously, no, obviously they've gotten better. And of course, you know you're going to have some hiccups. You know, like for instance, I thought that we, we you know I had questions about Virginia Tech, and you know what they were made of, and it, it, you know it seems that they're 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 pretty decent. You know, Burmeister. I don't know if you caught the. Um, Virginia Tech, uh, Notre Dame game, but it was an excellent game, a hard, tough fought game, and um, they lost a close one too. So, uh, you know, getting back to my point about the just the ACC schedule, I, you know, people, all the ACC's down, the ACC's down. Well, I, I don't know, I don't know if the ACC's down or all these teams are like just very equal. Because it, right? It, you know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. obviously, Clemson is not as talented without Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you're going through some growing. Talk about growing pains, right? So, yeah. so, uh, and no, Travis Etienne is to. gone, get, right? Yeah, they get top five, but again, those are guys that have been sitting, so they got to go through again your stuff, exactly what you're saying. But again, too, I mean, all these games when you look in college wise and everything like that, they all go towards like. Scheme versus scheme, this this type of matchup versus that matchup. You know, where are we strong? Where are we not? Who's injured? Who's not? Like, there's so many things that goes into college football. And you get one injury on a team, 
you know, Sam Hartman gets hurt, then we're winning that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like one of those things where, you know, there's so many things that goes into college football to where like <laughs> it's what makes it's college very, football so unique compared to the NFL. It's why I like it more, to be quite honest with you. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously we're not gonna get into it, but I mean just to, to, to our point, this past weekend of college football was amazing. It was. But some of the games that were going on, not even yeah. just ours. There was Arkansas ones before Ole us, Miss. ones after us. Yeah, Alabama, Texas A and I mean, there were some great games and um you know, that's what happens. All it takes is just, you know, a bad matchup, something to take advantage of. And, and, and they're college players. They're not all professionals. So, um, you know, usually we don't really match up that well with Wake Forest. But I think we played – I mean, they, I, they surprised me. And it just – it sucks that there's certain people out there that just can't take the positivity out of um, out of a situation even after a loss. You know, because, I, I got to um, be – can, can anybody really, like – did any? I mean, I know that I even me like I guessed that they were gonna you know win the game. That was my prediction, right? But like, I'm not gonna lie to you. In the back of my head, I thought there was a chance that we might not even have been able to cover the spread. So, yeah, well, just right there, which there's not there wasn't a lot of people that thought that we had, were gonna be that closer and put it into overtime. There's a lot of surprise surprise people especially down here in north carolina who i've talked to so at k nabiwaniak uh one can't take the penalty in the first half make this kid kick a 50 yard field goal Two, andre schmidt has been the most overrated kicker in the country for three consecutive years well i'd say i'd say well first two for two two maybe okay uh, you gotta maybe well, give mean, him the year a pass before last that he won year. the grows up, right so. so that was that was the first year and obviously uh you know I don't know if he's overrated anymore. I think he's leveled off, but he had a phenomenal first year there. Obviously, you can't take that away from him. But to his point, and um, this is a this is a this is becoming a a, a a plague. This the punting and the and the kicking mm. has the, like this has been. Pena has been great. I think he's done a fantastic job. But the kickers, man, gotta get this straightened out quick, dude. You can't kick a ball for ten yards. You know, I mean, we could have just went for it on third down. I mean, what the hell's the difference? You know, knowing what we know in hindsight, right? So, mm-hmm. so now I can kick a ball ten, ten yards. Ten yards? Come on, man! Big, this but... kid's supposed to be something big. I remember when he was recruited <clears throat> and we got him. I'm like, hell yeah, punter! You guess what? That is no longer. I'm sorry. This has got to get fixed. They need to. No. Well, what, Joe? What? Get, please tell <laughs> he me. Had, he had one bad punt, right? Okay. He had one bad punt. He's had. Has he had two bad punts? He had one this week. He had I don't one know. last I mean, I week. I guess his longest you, was the 37th. No, last weekend he didn't play. That was the walk on. Okay. The walk ons had two bad punts then. Because he had yes, the walk on has absolutely had zero okay. bad punts. All right. Yes, okay. All right. This so guy, James I Williams, has I had did. one bad punt and it was in this game. I think we're blurring the lines. Okay, here. well, like, you know what? Yeah, that's yeah. a problem, <laughs> and, and that's kind of my point. <laughs> so, uh, you hey, know, hey, hey. I think he, I think he averages thirty yards right now. Oh, no, he did this game it was about thirty-one. Yeah, okay, longest well, is thirty-seven. Okay, well, so, I think I that's mean, his yeah, average for the year, by the way. So, and I'll try to check. This, but let me, but, but that's a problem, dude. To your point, it's not what we're used to, right. right? So our special teams, and again, this goes, I mean, we've seen this. You know, everyone wants to blame the head coaching. We saw Dungy 
we go ten and three, however many years ago, Sean Lynch gets a head coaching job off of that, right? Right. Yeah. And then you've seen punter you and all our special teams and everything. <laughs> like we've had punters go to the NFL. Was Andre Schmidt won the Rosa? So of course our Justin Lustig, our um, special teams coach. Gets another job yeah, somewhere where you can make a little yeah. bit more money, right? So, I mean, it's one of those things where when you lose even position coaches or coordinators, it could it could here, mean here, that much. Here's and another I think thing. we saw that. Yeah. I, and here's another thing that we talk about a lot with basketball when, when everybody's calling for Beheim's head, which is just one of the most no. absurd things. <laughs> but I'm over you, that. you got to remember what SU is paying. Guys, I mean, there is so much more money to be made in the college football head coaching arena that you've you've got to take all of that into consideration as far as um you know when the fired Dino stuff comes. So right. um it's that's that's something I don't think that we think about. It's like what are we gonna get for the money that he's making? And he's actually is Starting to build something. And I mean, I know it's taken a long time, guys. I know it's frustrating to watch. It is very, I mean, I'm with you. But when I was a, and, and here's the thing when I just did this as a fan, this is our fifth football season covering football. And before I did this and separated my emotion, I was the same freaking way, man. I really was. <laughs> I really look at things totally different now because I'm paying attention. I just look at things differently, um, having to do the podcast. And I it puts things into perspective. I think that, um, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is, is that it's too easy to call for someone's job on the little things. It hasn't been anything mm-hmm. really big, guys. You know, last right. year last year was an anomaly. We, we hopefully never have to deal with something like that ever again. One in ten on just an awful, awful circumstance for everybody. And, you know, we see what we he can do. He's brought in Garrett Schrader. I think that Garrett Schrader right now has given Syracuse the best opportunity to win. So that was that was not an easy decision for Dino to make, putting Garrett in over Tommy. He recruited Tommy, right? So you got to think about yeah. all of those things. He's been he's he's making tough decisions, yeah. right? Yeah. So well, and he's in a situation too, like you said, where we don't have that many resources. No, when you look at a team like Alabama, like you want to oh Alabama, how come they do this? How come they do that? Look, like, well, they recruit, they have Nick Saban, but they also pick up like every major. Like Doug Marone is like an offensive line coach down there, right? Like that's where coaches go where they get fired from head coaching jobs to reignite their careers to be a positional coach or an OC. Like he's got NFL and people all over the place. There's so much more money and resources as, as far as um, that goes to all these other schools to where you can get paid more on top of the fact that you get more coaching. I mean, right now we don't even have a special teams coach. It's like separated between a whole bunch of different coaches, like different things. Like you have this and you have this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to perspective, like you said, I mean, you got to be able to have perspective, all the things that we've learned and, once you pay attention to the point so you know that we've had to then you start to see some trends and some things and um there's reasons why things just don't blow up and and again in pure Syracuse fan fashion you know if you don't get hired and turn something into a national champion even though our football really is never it's just not that kind of while, program right like it's just right so there's so many things that goes against us, even geographically, when it comes to um, 
weather and recruiting. Yeah, um, it's tough, man. It's, it's not it's, a great spot. That was another thing that opened up my eyes. And I don't know about the same thing with you. When I moved down to North Carolina, I'm seeing some of these some of these high schools down here who got coaches that are that were professionals. Dude, they recruit you know high mean? school kids down here. There's an ex there's an ex Steelers offensive lineman. His name slips my mind right now, but he was um, played for the Steelers for a number of years. He's our, he's one of the Virginia Beach High School football coaches. Okay, oh, yeah. they recruit these high schools around here in the South. Recruit and um, it no, is not even recruit. They, it's the programs. Well, man. yeah, they basically steal players. They've, no, but they, I tell you that I have a buddy. I have a buddy at work who's got like an eight or nine year old kid, and some of the things that they have, some of the the programs and the workouts, some of these facilities and stuff, and off tr- off season training, we don't have up north. No, like it's not no. available. Well, that's my point. Like it's, it's not like yeah. that, right? So, yeah. I mean, there's a high school right in where I live in Wake Forest Heritage that at some point I don't know if it's still the same. I mean, they had Willie Parker and I think Tory or Torrance Holt, like one of the Holt brothers, is like coaches like. I mean, you got professionals coaching high school down here. That's yeah, not happening. Same here, Cox there. High School. So, Look I mean, it up. I forget the dude's name. But, but so yeah, I mean, it's a big a, deal. There's a lot of you know inherent disadvantages that people don't even they just want to ignore. And you know, if they want to, that's fine. That's on them. I understand it though. I mean, I don't blame I don't blame fans for feeling that way. Like I said, I felt that way too. At last, well, fans want their team to be good. Well, of course, right? A fan is short for fandom, right? Fandom is a mental disorder. Fanatic. Yeah, yeah, fanatic. Uh, it, it's a mental disorder at the end of the day, right? So, um, <laughs> I mean, we put ourselves through hell uh, being uh, being fans of, of any given team. I mean, Joe's a Giants fan. I mean, that must suck. Do you know how much no. depression that must bring him these days? <laughs> I'm a Raiders days, fan, yeah, dude. I've been, man, I've my, been depressed. Man, my whole team died yesterday. I'm a Raiders fan, guys. You you, you know my pain. You know my pain. Okay, so um, to Tyler's Cowboys. I bet you he was chopping at the bit. Yeah, yeah. whatever. I wanted to throw Cowboys, up. I'm so over that. Uh, at Lax Attic 15, they played the best they played all year, and the D got tired. I think there was some mental errors on the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, look, all that. <laughs> it mm. it's not one. Don't. It's not one thing. But the offense did play their asses off. I thought they did a phenomenal job. And um, 500 plus yards? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we knew going into this game, they were going to have a good opportunity to put up some yards and some points against this defense because this defense was ranked coming into that game, I think, like 101st in the country. So th- that's their one, you know, that's their one um, weak spot is their defense. And you got to put up points. Well, yeah, I mean, that's where you saw Louisville. Louisville, they scored, I think, 34 points on them. But that's the only team that scored on them. So uh, I think we scored the most points on them all year. Uh, And that's something to say. And, again, when it comes to certain things, when you want to blame the coach, like, yeah, they're going to blame the coach. They're going to blame Dino and all that stuff for that two-point conversion, that whole situation. But I am willing to bet there's going to be a little bit of a act act like you've been there before situation during practice this week. And – um, you know, I'll bash Babers if this thing happens again and we need to go for two and the same thing happens, but I'd be willing to bet that that situation is probably not going to happen again this well, year. Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, like, look, okay. So the, the penalties, you remember when we had those, what was it? 20 something penalties between Albany 
Oh, yeah. What was it? Albany and Rutgers. Rutgers? Rutgers and Albany. It was 20, like 23, 24, something like that. Look, they've they've been really, really good since then. Cleaned it up. They cleaned it up. Now yep. they just got to clean up some of these mental errors. And like I said, um, Garrett Trader took responsibility for uh, a few of them, um, mostly the, the two-point conversion stuff. And you get caught up in the moment. And like Joe said, I feel like that clock ticked a little faster than it normally does. But, I mean, that could just be me. didn't seem like a very long time. I've never seen a a team ever have a problem lining up and going for a two-point conversion. You know where my confusion was? Is that I thought they were going to go for one, and then they changed their minds. I I thought that's what happened. I thought that's why the clock ran out. I didn't even realize it was like celebration and not getting to the line. I had no idea. So... I mean, that's just how I remember it. But, um, yeah, so they got to clean this stuff up. It's a game of inches, literally. I mean, you've got you've got to clean up that stuff if you're going to win these games in the mm-hmm. ACC. Yeah. And like we said, it's a freaking gauntlet, man. I mean, you, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Boston College, Louisville, NC State, Pittsburgh to finish out the year. I mean, can they get three wins out of that? I don't know. I don't know if they can. But if they keep doing what they're doing and improving – on the things that they have that they have that have held them back, I think that we could be surprised. Let's just put it that way. You know. It, oh yeah. I think there's a situation where I mean, when we talked about bowl game earlier in the year, and we had you know Michael and Tyler on, and we talked about and you said five and seven, six and six, all this other stuff. I think that we probably thought we were going to have a better record than three and three right now, uh, uh, but. I don't know if we all thought that we would be as competitive and, you know, as we're starting to see, I mean, we haven't seen the final product. You've seen Schrader, I think, get better every week at passing and he's getting a lot more confident every week. I mean, he didn't just to see what 300 plus yards of rushing guys being that physical. He's got moves too, man. It's not like he's just bull rushing. He is he is nice spinning, spinning out of tackles. He's got yes. a nice little circle yeah. button. Yes, he does. He's got a circle button. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I did have them at three and three at this point. I just didn't have the wins and losses totally correct. So oh, okay. Well, if you yeah. swap if you swap um, Wake Forest with Liberty, I had Liberty as a loss and Wake Forest as a win. Uh, that's where I screwed up so far. Yeah, Tommy didn't have a circle button. No, Tommy's no. got a dive stick. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, every time I <laughs> no hit offense. the circle button with him, every time I hit the circle button with him, he got sacked. That's <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, look, um, sorry we were we were a, a day late on all of this. Um, we really appreciate you guys for for hanging out, and uh, we are going to be back tomorrow yes, for sir. the Clemson post game, our pregame yes, preview. I'll get it right eventually. Um, Let's go. So uh, Friday night lights. Yes, sir. Syracuse Clemson. We'll be back tomorrow. We appreciate all you guys. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out of here. Peace. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.